welcome to the Text and Us podcast. I'm your host, George Fricks, and I'm here with my co-host, L. Grover Fricks, after a, boy, two weeks off. A brief pause. Yeah, we recorded ahead, so we were able to get... A little bit into that, but yeah. I'm sure you hardly missed us. I'm sure. We're at Genesis 27, the scroll of bear sheet. You ready, George? I'm ready. All right, here we go. When Yitzchak was old... His eyes were like a lamp about to go out. He called Esav, his great son. He said to him, my son. He said to him, here I am. He said, look here, please, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now please lift your clinking things, your quiver and bow. Go out to the field and hunt meat for me. Make me a delicacy that I love. Bring it to me that I might eat it, so that my soul will bless you before I die. Rivka shmad in the word of Yitzchak to Esav, his son. Esav walked to the field to hunt meat and bring it. Rivka spoke to Yaakov, her son. She said, look here, I shmad your father speaking to Esav, your brother, saying, bring to me meat and make me a delicacy that I may eat it. I will bless you in the presence of Yahweh before my death. Now, my son, Shema, my voice, and what I command you. Go now to the flock. Take for me from there two young good goats. I will make from them delicacies for your father that he loves. You will bring it to your father, and he will eat, and he will bless you before his death. Yaakov said to Rivka, his mother, Look here, Esav, my brother, is a goat man. I am man smooth like a stone. Maybe my father will feel me. I will be something to scoff at in his eyes. I will bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, On me will be your curse, my son. But chmam my voice and walk to take for me. He walked and took. He brought them to his mother. His mother made delicacies like his father loved. Rivka took the clothing of Esav, her great son, most covetable with her in the house. She dressed Yaakov, her son, the little. She dressed hides of the strong goats upon his hands and upon the smooth part of his neck. She made the delicacies and the bread that she had made into the hand of Yaakov, her son. He came to his father. He said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Yaakov said to his father, I am Esav, your Bechor. I have done as you spoke to me. Please rise, sit, and eat from my hunt, that your soul will bless me. Yitzchak said to his son, What is it that you have so quickly found it, my son? He said, Because Yahweh your God met before my face. Yitzchak said to Yaakov, Draw near, please. I would feel my son, whether you are my son Esav or not. Yaakov drew near to Yitzchak, his father. He felt him. He said, The voice is the voice of Yaakov, but the hands are the hands of Esav. He did not scrutinize him because his hands were like the hands of Esav, Harry. He knelt and blessed him. He said, You are my son, Esav? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me, for I would eat of the hunt of my son, so that my soul will bless you. He brought it near to him. He ate. He brought wine to him. He drank. 
Yitzchak, his father, said to him, Draw near, please, and kiss me, my son. He drew near, he kissed him, he smelled the smell of his clothing. He knelt and blessed him. He said, See, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which Yahweh has knelt and blessed. God will give you from the dew of the sky and the fatness of the land, abundance and grain and new wine. Peoples will serve you and bow themselves to you, gathered peoples. Be a hero to your brothers. The sons of your mother will bow themselves to you. Those that bind you to a curse will be bound to a curse. Those that bless you will be blessed. It was as Yitzchak finished blessing Yaakov, and Yaakov was going out from the presence of his father Yitzchak, that Esav, his brother, came from his hunt. He also made delicacies. He brought it to his father. He said to his father, You will rise, my father, and eat from the hunt of his son, that your soul may bless me. Yitzchak, his father, said to him, Who are you? He said, I am your son, your Bechor, Esav. Yitzchak shook from shame and shook very greatly. He said, Who then is the hunter of the hunt who brought it to me, and I ate it all before you came, and I knelt and blessed him? Also blessed he shall be. As Esav shamad the words of his father, he bellowed a great bellow. He was very bitter. He said to his father, Bless me also, I, my father. He said, Your brother has come in to shoot. He has taken your blessing. He said, Is he not called the name Yaakov? Has he taken my heel these two times? He took my bechor and look here. Now he has taken my blessing. He said, Have you not joined a blessing for me? Yitzchak answered. He said to Esav, Look here, I have set him as a hero to you and all his brothers. I have given to him servants and grain and new wine. I supported him. To you, what shall I do, my son? Esav said to his father, One blessing, is it for you, my father? Bless me also, I, my father. Esav lifted his voice. He wept. Yitzchak, his father, answered. He said to him, Look here, from the fatness of the land will be your dwelling place. From the dew of the sky above and upon your sword you shall live. You shall serve your brother. It will be when you roam that you will break his yoke from over your neck. Esav lurked after Yaakov over the blessing with which his father had blessed him. Esav said in his heart, The days of mourning of my father are as close as my inner being. I wish to kill like an animal, Yaakov, my brother. When it was told to Rivka what were the words of Esav, her great son, she sent and called to Yaakov, her small son. She said to him, Look here, Esav, your brother, is comforting himself by killing you. Now, my son, Shema in my voice, rise, flee to yourself, to Lavan, my brother, in Chran. Sit and dwell with him a few days until the hot poison of your brother returns, until the hot breath of your brother's nostrils returns from you, and he forgets what you did to him. I will send for you and take you from there. Why should I miscarry both of you in one day? Rivka said to Yitzchak, I'm sickened by loathing my life because of the faces of the daughters of Chet. If Yaakov takes a woman from the daughters of Chet like these from the daughters of the land, why for me is life? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What an ending. It is a, uh, it is a quite a, an ending. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think about that. You know, she's, 
Uh, it's kind of tacked on there. Or it's her reason for sending him to Kharan in his mind. Like he's not running from Asaf. He's just going to get a better wife than these two losers. Right. And I, I see that perspective in there. It just feels like as a whole, this paragraph at the very end is kind of like, a oh, we need an explanation for why he's gone. Right. Pop but we'll there. get there when we get there. We will. Yeah. That's at the very end. So um, jumping back up to the top. Um, whole thing's a nail biter. It is. You know, and it's, um, we're at the... Uh, third generation here Mm -hmm. and it has been quite the three generations yep yeah and it's so interesting to me because it makes you wonder why is this the people that god chose to partner with (laughs) because what are they doing (laughs) um that's good news though because so often you could look at our lives and say why are we people whom god has chosen to partner with so i think that's why it's in here yes no and i would agree with that yeah i think that's a perfectly good analogy to make Right. Yeah. All right. Verse one. Or do you want to talk about how you split it up? Um, I split it into two sections. Part one is verses one through 29, which just goes through um, Yaakov getting the blessing. Mm -hmm. And then the second half is um, Esav coming in um, through the end. I probably could have split it into three, but I didn't. So here we are. Details. Um, Yeah. Details. So at verse one, yeah. um, When Yitzhak was old, he was getting blind so um his eyes were like a lamp about to go out that's quite the description you know kind of this candle wick that's burned down so far it's barely barely glowing Uh um that's pretty blind yeah it says um dimming that they were dimming and the picture is like a candle about to go out right about to go out i i kind of picture that as if you're holding a lamp and the candle's about to go out it's not so much the candle but the field of vision that you have Mm. has shrunk down in the darkness yeah maybe so right um that's kind of how i see that but um it could also so many ways yeah it could also have to do with his vitality is about to go out yeah yeah, so, I mean, I, we'll talk more about his blindness in a little bit and the way that that's shown in the story because it is interesting the way that unfolds. Um, and uh, But one of the things that I was interested in is we have this description between the two sons, Esav, his great son, mm-hmm. and Yaakov, his little son. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um the great there is Gadol, like um, Ish Gadol we talk about Naaman, or the Ir Gadol is the city of Nineveh. Gadol means great, majestic. Um, so he's described in that way. It's usually translated like older, um, which, okay, sure. Um, there's different ways that they could have spelled that out mm-hmm. to be older. I think it's perfectly fair to make it older although they're twins um and i think that's contained in there but also we're being reminded continually in the use of godol and katan um of this fact that he was out shooting and doing things outside and has a presence to him like shaul does you know versus david it's a very shaul versus david type yeah setup. the other thing in this chapter that i think is interesting is this uh, kind of repetition of this form of the someone calling out in this case or at the beginning 
uh, he said to him, my son, and he said to him, here I am. Mm -hmm. So a lot of here I ams mm -hmm. in this chapter, yes. which here I ams are interesting statements because they tend to have such powerful moments associated with them. Right. Right. So the binding of Isaac. Right. You know, has that in there. Uh, there's definitely more after this chapter mm -hmm. that we'll talk about. God uh, crossing the Red Sea with the Israelites, he says, Ani, Hineni. Yeah. And I, here I am. I'm yeah. going to go before you. Yeah, big moments. And here, uh, I either can interpret that as the closeness between Esau and his dad, because mm -hmm. we saw pointed out earlier this favoritism scheme that's happening. Or it has to do with his blindness. <laughs> like he's saying, right. my son. And he's like, now I'm over here a lot. Um, which sure. would take away from the, you know, sweeping music of the here I am. But would make sense logistically. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's less the, well, it's hard to say. It could <laughs> be the blind thing. I get that. It's fine. I choose to look at it differently. Sure. That's no, a very I'm intentional happy with choice. That. Yeah. Um, so he calls him over mm -hmm. and has him get his clinking things, which usually that's like sword. That's how the I see beast. that. And we kind of talked about this earlier mm -hmm. in an earlier chapter. Right. That was with Rivka's jewelry. So clinking things can be swords. It can be jewelry. It can be cups. It can be vessels. Right. Aren't cups here? It's uh, told to us what it is, the quiver and bow. Right. Um, and tells him to go out and hunt meat and uh, and bring it back to him so that then he's going to bless him. So that my soul will bless you before I die. Which is weird. Like well, you can't just, well, and I think it's I think it's a pattern that we saw from the earlier chapter when it's describing the relationship with Azov, and he loves Azov because of what he does. Mm -hmm. And this is an example of that, go out and do that thing that I love so much so that right. I'll be happy for just a little brief time and I can bless you and we can move on with our lives. Right. It's a very passive way of viewing your own self. Like, I can't possibly step up to the plate here to bless you without, you know, getting some mojo from some meat, um, some delicacies, excuse yeah. me. Um, and I'm not in control of my soul. And we, you and I, have to set up the conditions that will allow my soul to finally bless you. Right. It's not someone with a lot of agency. Well, and it's, it's kind of tragic from Aesop's perspective, oh, right? Oh, 100%. Trying to please his father and be the Bahor and having all of this placed upon him. Right. He should be able to. We don't see conditions put upon the other blessings when Yaakov will bless his kids. He's not like, everybody say really nice things to me before I bless you. He just gives the blessing because it's the time before he dies. So Yitzchak not looking too great right here. Right. Um, and then Rivka overhears this mm -hmm. um, and does some scheming. She does. Um yeah, and it's, uh, you know, we have this essentially divided household over who should be the Bahor, who's going to get the blessing uh, between uh, Rivka and uh, Yitzhak. Yep. Yeah. So, well, it's also interesting. Yitzhak doesn't say, I only have one blessing, my dude, here, go set up these conditions so that the scarcity of blessing will go to you. Rivka is the one who hears this setup and decides that there's a scarcity of blessing. 
uh, and says, somebody has to get that blessing. Right. Again, with Yaakov, we see him blessing all 12 of his kids. Um, they might vary in degrees of niceness, like Reuben doesn't yeah. get the best possible world. But um, there's it's a, also a bizarre idea that only one kid can get the blessing. Well, and even with Avraham, we see him bargaining for a blessing for um, Ishmael. Right. Two and, sons, two blessings. Right. And then later we'll see Yaakov trying to get another blessing from a mysterious figure, but that's right. much later. Yes. Um, so, I, which, boy, there's a lot there. Um, but the whole thing is weird. I think part of the problem is that we're coming with a uh, American Protestantism, which happens to have a not super high view of the spiritual, and we tend to view blessings as like... bye have a good trip you know pretty glib not that big of a deal not something that has an immense amount of spiritual weight or spiritual energy in it and you can always just say something else nice Mm -hmm. so we're partially missing things culturally just based on the way that our particular branch of christianity usually likes to imagine the power of words which is not very much so here we have indicated that words have a lot of power and you can't just say something again it's all the power has already gone out like when the woman touches the hem of jesus's robe and his power goes out on the other hand we have this other thing that there's a scarcity of blessings um so separating those two might be helpful for like, hmm, why are we uncomfortable with this? Well, there's this part. And then there's also this part that we don't see modeled with figures like Yaakov who bless everybody here. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, moving forward, she tells him to take two young goats from mm-hmm. the fields. From two the flock. young good goats. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of goat <laughs> for one guy. Yeah. Um, that's true. Didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. I, and it says that he eats from all of it at the end. So I don't know if that Impressive. means he ate the entire thing or just tried each piece of the delicacy or what's going on. That, you're right. Would that have been moved on and served to other people after? Right. You know, what's kind of the cultural significance there? But just kind of at face value, getting two goats to prepare for one meal. Hmm. What's going on there? Right. Well, I was going to say that in Middle Eastern culture still today, there's a, um, and other cultures, there is a picture of abundance that's happening in the feast. And so you don't just put on a feast with the perfect portion sizes. Yeah. You're showing your generosity and hospitality and all those things. Well, and this is certainly a significant moment. Right. Um, and so we're setting up abundance in order to experience the abundance of blessing. Is there something in the fact that there's two goats? I'm kind of interested in that. Yeah. Get two. One for like, if we're talking about the abundance here, one for, sure, you can say the dad and the son, or you could say one set of abundance, a whole goat for yeah. one kid, one for the younger brother. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. And that, yeah, I like that connection two goats Hmm. you'll bring to your father he will eat and he will bless you before his death and then we have Yaakov kind of pushing back against that with this reasoning of this is is not going to work right yeah um but he does so by calling his brother a goat man he does he calls his brother a goat man which rude uh yeah funny in a way yes um 
just again pointing out that Aesop is a hairy dude. So hairy that you can wear goat skin and he'll think it's your arm. That's something. Right? That's something. That's significant. Uh, Also, maybe some sibling, you know, joshing happening, but I get what you're saying. Um, Maybe, yeah, but I mean, we'll see later. It definitely does. It works. It works. So So, Mm -hmm. um, that will be something to scoff at in his eyes. Interesting, because he can't see anything. Um, I will bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. Right. So this fear of bringing upon himself a curse mm-hmm. is an interesting narrative. Yeah. Um, especially giving God's blessing to their family, right? I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Right. Um, and I wonder if there's even literally an option for a curse here. Well, so there's two words for curse. One has to do with being bound to something, which if we think about freedom and salvation, our word for salvation has to be do with being delivered into a wide open place. And to be cursed is to be tied to something, to be bound to something. However, there's another word for curse, which I tend to think of as less um, less intense, okay. which is to make light of something. Like in honor your father and mother, it's kavod, right? Make them heavy, make them weighty. Don't scoff at them. They're not something to be roll your eyes at. Um, gotcha. So could, you could see this as being like, I'll make a joke of myself. Right. But still, I don't want to get all the way from curse there. Um, but a, yeah, just I'm not something honored in my community. I'm a curse on my community. I'm something that makes it light. It's not as horrible as being bound to like a different destiny, which right. is what a heavier curse is. Right, okay. So he walks and he takes these goats to his mother um, and she makes his food. And then she takes the clothing of Asaph, her great son, the most covetable with her in the house mm-hmm. and dresses Yaakov her son, the little. Um, and this was an interesting section. Um, the fact that, uh, one, this clothing, the fact that it's the most covetable, I don't know if that's referring to the covetable, uh, sorry, I don't know if that's referring to the clothing of Aesop specifically or the fact that it was Aesop's clothing. Does that right. make sense? Was his clothing the, the possession? most covetable or within the realm of his possessions, she took the best ones? Right. Yeah, hard to say. Yeah. Probably um, both. Yeah, I was curious if this was perhaps related to the Nimrod Midrash mm-hmm. where Aesop steals the magic coat. Right. And maybe this is that coat. Um, I did look up Rashi hinted at that. Was the case. Was the case for, you know, Midrash purposes. Right. So I think that's in there. I think that Yaakov steals the magic coat. <laughs> Makes sense to me, and I like to keep that theme going. Technically, Rivka steals the magic coat. Right. Uh, and it's interesting that it's in her house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've run across that uh, feminine possession of the house quite a lot. I don't know if that's in this case because there's two separate tent structures mm-hmm. you know why is Aesop's clothing here right well it's got to be somewhere it says most covetable with her in the house so there it's not her house oh that's true um I don't know and then it emphasizes that Yaakov is little and I wonder if that is a physicalized thing too like he's a little bit drowning in this 
magic coat. Sure. Yeah, it's baggy on him. Yeah. Uh, I can see that being the case. So dresses him up in the coat, puts the hides on his arms and the back of his neck. Gives him the delicacies, which I choose to believe are some fancy right. gastronomy. And adds some bread. <laughs> so there's a bread addition That's true. to this meal. Beyond what she asked for versus Asav is also going to add something to the menu, but I believe it's wine. Oh, no, he also no, adds wine. He, he brings wine here, yeah. On his own, but his mom doesn't give it to him. Yeah. So this happens. We have a repeat of the, my father, here I am, who are you? Right. Statement. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, this is the a big moment when I talk about it being a nail-biting thing with lots of suspense. This is the moment that Yaakov um, could have chosen to do the right thing. He says, who are you, my son? Mm -hmm. And he could have said, I'm Yaakov. Can I have my own blessing, please? Like, right. he didn't have to do what Rivka suggested. He could have said, I can trust in my father's love for me. Um, if he didn't know about the Bukhor thing, which it seemed like he did, he could have taken the opportunity to be like, also, I'm your Bukhor, so if that changes the blessing, ding, you know? Yeah, definitely a pivotal moment. And uh, instead, he leans into deception. Yeah, and he says, I am Esav, your Bukhor. Right. So... Doubly, not yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting, his reasoning for finding the food so quickly was because Yahweh, your God, met before my face. Yeah, like God just shows up sometimes and gives people elk and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Antelope. Yeah, out in the wilderness, which you could argue happens later. God shows up. If you attribute God to being the person wrestling with him in the wilderness. Oh, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, he's just like, oh, cool. Yeah, no questions. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's still questioning, right? Draw near, please. I would feel my son, whether you're my son, Esau, or not. Because um, his voice isn't right. Yeah, because the voice isn't right. The voice is the voice of Yaakov, but the hands are the hands of Esau. So to me, this is a dead giveaway. Right? Mm -hmm. How would uh, how would he be in this moment and be like, yeah, I can hear my son, which if he is blind, would very much would be what he relies on. Would be what he relies on. Would be able to recognize. Right. Um, and so, um, is he just allowing this to happen at this point? Right. What's what's going on in his mind from his perspective? Right. Well, the next line says he didn't scrutinize him because his hands were hairy, um, like Asav's. There's definitely two ways to read this. One being that Yaakov, definitely uh, Yitzchak, excuse me, knew the whole time, and it's just like, oh, whoopsie daisy, did I give the blessing to the wrong boy? Oh no. Yeah. However, there's Which if, a you, if you go with the idea that you know Asav married these women from this other place and they're causing a lot of problems in the household and he has some motivation to switch from there's his some favorite. motivation however later it's gonna say that he was shamed nearly to death that he had made this mistake which doesn't make it seem like that's the case right um or he's just not really thinking it through Asav's voice sounds higher than usual it's like well maybe that happens when you meet god and he gives you a bunch of antelope i don't know yeah either way but that also doesn't doesn't include asav's name in the blessing that's true right it's not like yeah blessed are you asav with these things right he says the smell of my son is the smell of field yeah 
Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this blessing is interesting. Um, it references the field which Yahweh has knelt and blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, the God, the God, which is interesting. Interesting. A change of the name mm-hmm. will give you from the dew of the sky and the fatness of the land, abundance and grain and new wine. Um, people will serve you and bow themselves to you. Gather peoples. Be a hero to your brothers. The sons of your mother will bow themselves to you. I thought it was interesting that he says the sons of your mother. Right. Um, and I'm not sure what to think of that yet. Um, like there's more other than. Or maybe he's thinking there will be more or. Maybe. You know, maybe he's imagining when he dies that uh, Rivka will get another husband. I don't know. Or maybe it's getting smaller instead of getting larger because it says be here to your brothers. So maybe that includes any concubines or random people who are running around who are not from his mother and then he's saying even from the womb of your mother which is the highest echelon of your brothers even they will also bow themselves to you which seems more likely because these blessings tend to escalate in intensity yeah um and then there's the binding with the curse and the blessing right portion so interesting in that you know from a narrative perspective looking at these past generations Mm -hmm. this is a blessing that's not from god Right. Right. The other ones have been. God's shown up and given them a blessing and said, here's what's going on. Um, in this case, it's um, uh, Yitzhak doing it. And, and it's kind of an approximation of the previous blessings, right? Mm. It's kind of similar in some aspects, but there's some uh, some new language in here with the dew of the sky, the fatness of the land. Yeah. It's uh, more abundance sensual yeah um more tied to the smell of a field right be a hero also Gavur, um that's the word for um in the age of the nephilim heroes rose on the land um, yeah mighty men sometimes yeah. we translate that um, right uh super interesting and then this is the heavy word for curse so if you're Learning okay, little vocabulary words, yeah. Before it was klal, which is the one for a light to be scoffed at. Arur, meaning you're bound to something, is the heavier one. Hmm. Okay. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Arur. Oh boy. Um, is that always negative to be mm-hmm. bound to something? Yes. Okay. It's bad. Bad okay. news. And so definitely that being the negative then and blessing being the positive. Is blessing still kind of connected to a binding sense or is it not at all? Nope, it's just kneeling. Okay. And there's only one version of it. Got it. Okay. Um, Okay, so he gets the blessing. Mm -hmm. um, And then we have this kind of potential brushing shoulders out of the tent moment. (laughs) Awkward. Um, So maybe not because... I mean, Esav's not an idiot, and he probably would have beat up his brother if he came out wearing like a bunch of goat skin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A little it bit says, of a giveaway. It says it was as and his clothes as Yitzhak That's finished true. the blessing, and Yaakov was going out from the presence of his father, that Esav uh, was coming in. Very cinematic. So that seems like a eyes meet. Shoves his coat behind a bush real fast. Yeah, kind of, kind of moment. Um, yeah, so picking up in verse 30, with the entrance of uh, Asaph, who would 
presumably be appearing in this situation in a much different state than uh, Yaakov, who was not out sweating, right. hunting just, all day long. Right. He walked for a ways to go get... To the flock. To get the flock, but yes. Yes. True. Um, Although so, he's been cooking, so maybe he took the time to change. Again. That could be. I want to see the YouTube channel of Asav versus Rivka. Like, what are their delicacies? It Tell could be me. like a chef off yeah, show. Exactly. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay's there. Right. Probably intimidated by both of them. Right. Um, that would be great. Um, I see you made bread for this meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Asav comes and does, you know, kind of through this, tries to do the same sort of ritual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I thought was interesting is the way that Asav speaks to his father is very different from how we see Yaakov speaking. You will rise. You will rise. Yeah. And eat this food. Yep. Versus um, Yaakov says, please rise and sit mm-hmm. um, Yeah. at One's- the table and like Asaf, I'm. I mean, telling somebody what to do isn't necessarily the mark of great leadership. However, it could be the case that Asaf has been working on his bechor skills. You know, trying to show off in this moment. Yes, look at how authoritative I feel. Yes, um, and he gets a "Who are you?" Yeah, um, <laughs> which must have been super confusing. Yeah, um, and he says, "I am your son, your bechor." Again, awkward. Because he sold that. Yes, he's But he's still lying. claiming it. Right. Um, so interesting that that is still the case. Yep, hasn't told anybody. Um, and here's that portion you were talking about. Uh, Yitzhak shook from shame and shook very greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, Sad. Yeah, I'm curious a bit. You know, I, I feel like there's still some room for interpretation here. If you go with the idea that he knew what he was doing, his shame could be coming from that perspective. But you right. would think he would know, like, this moment is about to happen if I go along with this scheme. Right. But sometimes in the moment, it feels different than you imagined, <laughs> right? You're the old, frail guy, and your angry young son has come in and found out that he's been schemed out of his... Perhaps. Blessing. So Perhaps. maybe he's afraid of what's going to happen next. I'd like to think a little bit better of Yitzchak, since I liked him so much in the Avimelech story, but perhaps we'll see maybe like tremors coming over a person is hard to fake right yes which is the picture from shook very greatly and he says who was the guy before you and asav starts bellowing and crying and is bitter Mm -hmm. instantly yeah which fair reaction yeah to be honest um, I mean, even if it didn't have to do with my destiny in the rest of my life, I would be mad if I spent all day getting food for a parent and then I came back and they're like, yeah. oh, I ate already. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, and it says, I ate it all before you came. So he did eat all of it. Impressive. So impressive move. Um, two goats, some bread and wine. And wine. And wine. So he was feasting. Maybe there were, one that says young goats, maybe they were very little. Yeah. <laughs> And there's an interesting repetition at the end of that. Uh, I knelt and blessed him. Also. Also blessed he shall be. Right. Almost as, it's almost like a regardless. Right. Statement. Um, Yeah, a, or indicating that he still is going to figure something out to bless Asav with. He's just trying to let him know that the main blessing is already gone, question mark. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's such an unusual... I, I don't know what to make of that. I but. think most translators take out the also, which fair in terms of trying to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, they but. do. They just smooth that right yeah. over. But yeah. it's there, alas. Yeah. So uh, Aesop says, bless me also. Um, and here, I don't know if... I'm assuming this is Yaakov speaking. He says, your brother came in. Mm-hmm. So either he figures it out in this moment. Right. Oh, that was Yaakov. Right. Um, or it's a admission, hmm. right? Your brother came in first. I gave him the blessing. Yeah. Um, I think that to shoot there is the interesting part. It is. Um, because yeah. it's like he's saying, Asav, you spend all your time working on your hunter skills out in the field but meanwhile Yaakov has become the crafty one able to shoot and right. take a prey and here I was the prey so yeah. maybe he's indicating his own victimhood in that statement um, and comparing their skills on the field versus in the tent which has to do with diplomacy and right. which is much more important right and he says he has taken your blessing so right um, Again, removing his own agency. <laughs> like, what? Me? Oh, I didn't have anything to do with... I didn't give it to him. He took it from me. Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Asav talks about Yaakov's name, which mm-hmm. is uh, kind of a blame. You named him this, it's your fault. Right. Kind of statement. If you go with like a name legacy type interpretation. Right. Which he seems to be. Mm-hmm. Um going with which again speaks a lot to do with the biblical understanding i'll shift it from these characters understandings and yeah. go a little bit harder on our uh, preconceived notions and worldviews that's going pretty hard on the importance what we might even call supernatural importance right. of naming right and then he has an admission he took my before right which he's still trying to figure out who knows what in this story because it's 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 gone back and forth right. with the bechor thing so many times. Right here, he's before it was I'm your bechor, and now in my opinion, this is the first time in mission he's letting him know, yeah. like, look, this guy screwed me over so many times. Dad, can I just have my blessing, right. please? Right. Um, yeah, and he says, "Have you not joined a blessing for me?" Which is interesting. Yes, it is. Idea of joining a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is can you speak into like, is there a cultural? meaning behind joining a blessing i'm glad you asked it's a super interesting word uh it's from the arabic and it's talking about a tree and it's (laughs) unexpected it's the way that a tree roots into the ground so in a way you could um you could translate it have you not reserved or withheld this for me he's saying this blessing is a life-giving tree, right? Giving shade and fruit and all the things that we need trees for, water sure. sometimes. Um, is there not still joined to the ground something for me? Have you hewed this whole tree off and given oh, wow. all of the goodness to Yaakov? Yeah. Or is there something in the place where the root meets the ground where there's still some goodness for me? Yeah, which is interesting given the way that we see blessings given out mm. right the poor gets a double portion but he doesn't get everything right well mm-hmm. right uh, and this seems to imply that he gave Yaakov everything right well there's some pushback though from 
Yitzchak um, because he still gives him stuff. He gives him the fatness of the land and the dew of the sky above, right? That's echoed in the previous one. So he says there's still... Yeah, and I kind of see that more as um, a statement of God's blessing on the family, Mm. right? Could be. Uh, more than a, here's what I have for you, but here's what our family has. Right. Um, he gives, he gave Yaakov the servants, the grain, and the new wine, and then just to Esau, he just gives the fatness of the land. Yeah. Um, and, and says, upon your sword, guy. you shall live. Right. Which, harsh. And that's kind of, it kind of is like a, um, a cane moment. It does remind me of Cain. You know. But it's also echoing this shooting thing, right? Cuz he said you're good in the field, he's good in the tent, and now you're going to be left in terms of cuz he said he shot, he took the blessing. And so here he's saying you're going to continue to live by those skills which you've already had. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You shall serve your brother. It will be when you roam that you will break his yoke from over your neck. Very Cain. Very Cain. Yeah. So, um, and also not quite what we see happen. Well, I'll argue otherwise when we get there. Okay. Okay. But uh, he's saying kind of like the outside is going to continue to be your domain. And so when you're there, he inserts a loophole because he said Esau is going to serve you, um, Yaakov. And then here he puts, until you roam. And at that point, he'll have the opportunity to break the yoke. It's like a Sleeping Mm. Beauty situation. She's going to spin and prick her finger and die. And then somebody coming in and saying, except for when she gets non-consensually made out with, then she'll wake back up. Hooray. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we will see that coming up. Interesting. Okay. Mm Um, and, and then he's super depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have. Well, also pretty murderous, you know, it's not. Yeah. He wants his revenge for sure. (laughs) Right. Uh, he says the days of mourning my father as close as my inner being, which is weird. Uh, I wish to kill like an animal. Yaakov, my brother. Yes. That like an animal, by the way, is in a confusing spot, um, but I couldn't figure out a better place to put it in. It's He doesn't say, I want to murder Yaakov, my brother. He doesn't even say, I want to kill him. He says the word for when you kill an animal. Yeah, kind of like hunting in the field. Right. Yeah. But it's not that Asav is being an animal. Right. To make yeah, no, I definitely read it, the like hunting an animal for slaughter. Right. right also, of. days of mourning, the word for mourning sounds a lot like um, the word for able, hevel. Mm. Um, so continuing our Cain and Abel. Yeah. Interesting. Parallel. Um, uh, Rivka hears out about this. Um, she does. And she's very astute and emotionally intelligent. She says, Esav, your brother is comforting himself by killing you. Right. Like she correctly figures out that Esav's pain is at the heart of his violence. Which isn't always easy. Yeah. And has him run away to Levan which is going to be an interesting passage. I'm excited to get into that. Um, mm-hmm. And tells him to sit there for a few days, which is not what happens. Not what happens. At all. Rivka so, fails could yeah. be the name of the next chapters. Yeah, which is interesting. And um, I don't recall her ever sending for him. He, no. Yeah. It's so, bizarre. So he's been failed, like Yitzchak was failed by Avraham and goes out 
without his family. Right. Rivka is really the one who fails Yaakov here and never sends for him. Yep. What's going on? And we know Esau has left home too because he's roaming around the wilderness and um, runs into Yaakov. So she's not like, she. yeah, she does not do her job. It's super interesting about why. Yep. Um, yeah, and then uh, do that until the hot poison of your brother returns, until the hot breath of your brother's nostrils returns from you. Yeah. So those are fun. Yes, the hot poison of your brother, zooming in on the hot poison one. Two of the languages um, that we pull from when we translate Hebrew use this word for scorpion poison specifically, but uh, just fun facts with L. Um, it also comes from the word for when you're for when your cows get sexually aroused, not a person, specifically your cows. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. There we go. He still looks disappointed. In me. <laughs> uh, all right. And then I'll send for you and bring you back. Why should I miscarry both of you in one day? And then we have this weird section, this weird sentence tacked onto the end. Well, pause for a sec. She also completely denies her responsibility. She tells Yaakov. Oh, that she would bear the curse. She would bear the curse and yeah. it would come down to her. And now she says what he and forgets what you did to him. Excuse me. This is what Rivka did to Esau. Yaakov, yes, had his own personal responsibility and failed to take that moment to do the right thing. But she's totally turned around. Um, not not good parenting. Uh, I do think it's interesting she sees it as a miscarriage. Like she's going to lose both of her sons like they're still in the womb. She's not seeing them as individuals who are adults with their own destiny that she's not, you know, in charge of anymore. Okay, but yes, this last line, I am sickened by loathing. Kutz, it says, that's an onomatopoeia for vomit. I am vomiting my life from loathing. Sickened by loathing. That's what's going on there. Yeah, and that's interesting. And, you know, it's kind of, we'd seen that in the previous chapter when it first talked about the wives of Asaph. So right. um, bringing this back up, kind of like you mentioned, perhaps as an excuse for why uh, she's sending uh, the new Bahor right. away. Right. Uh, I'm going to send him away so that he can get a wife, presumably from later. A better if, one. Yeah. That uh, one. It's kind of a bummer. I want the Rivka back who went on a vision quest to go find God. I want the Yitzhak back who you know, skillfully negotiated with great patience, right. Abimelech and this big army. And now we have things just falling apart left and right. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting chapter, interesting development in the story. Um, so great translation. Thank you. There's so, there's so much in here. It's hard to get to all the little tiny ways that you translated things, but I think right. we hit a lot of the really key portions in here yeah you can't miss those sexually aroused cows right yes have to get it in there that's true <laughs> um, okay well if anyone has any questions they can send them to elgroverfricks at gmail.com next week we'll have genesis 27 uh 28 28 this has been the text and us podcast thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll join us again for genesis chapter 28 next week that's right bye